Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... We're more likely to believe an important local businessman than a foul-mouthed jerk from out of town. Foul-mouthed? Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you gave a racist, misogynist, plagiarizing douchebag a book deal, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, January 6, 2017, Little Milo Writes a Book edition of the show, where we talk about the single worst decision in publishing since my book of children's nursery rhymes. Stay tuned. The Fat the Hell for Your Thinking podcast is brought to you by Ernie's Fascist Leather Bar, where most flamboyant Nazis are. Are you swinging gay man looking for little Aryan lovin'? Swing by Ernie's Fascist Leather Bars, all the Bavarian boys you can handle. Like a little beer hall, pooch, pooch, pooch in the tush. Ernie's back rooms are private and 100% free of intermission. Every Friday night is National Socialist Night. All lagers and pills half off if your clothes are. Ernest Fascist Leather Bar, where the night of long knives take on totally different meaning. Just off the Ulhamstrasse in München. Follow the sexy Nazis and die high leather boots. Hello, America. It's time to play Asshole Jackoff Scumbag. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is a rancher, he works for an oil company, and he lives in Texas. Is he an asshole, a jack-off, or a scumbag? This man is a lawyer, he lives on Long Island, and he's a U.S. congressman. Is he an asshole, a jack-off, or a scumbag? This man is a TV newscaster, he's from the Midwest, and he's a born-again Christian. Is he an asshole, a jack-off, or a scumbag? We'll find out today as we play Asshole Jackoff Scumbag. The single worst thing you can do if you're a low-rated podcaster whose entire shtick is angry ranting podcast is take a week off and spend it in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. I'm so relaxed and stress-free, the entire prospect of sitting down to put together a script for this week's show was nearly impossible. I mean, I couldn't even get angry over the House Ethics Panel debacle, or Trump, or when he gave Putin a handy on Twitter, I, I, I couldn't build up the rage. I mean, I had to dig around the news I'd missed to find something, anything, I could get upset enough to write a show on. Fortunately for me, perhaps not for you, I remember that Simon and Schuster had just paid Mio Yiannopoulos a quarter of a million dollars to write a book last week. What the fuck? Seriously? Oh yeah, seriously. Milo Yiannopoulos is, for those of you who are fortunate enough not to know, a writer for the noted neo-Nazi website Breitbart.com and a misogynist racist. Over the past few years, he's somehow managed to acquire a following of other racist misogynists via social media, the way one might acquire parasites from eating large piles of shit directly off the ground in a pigsty. 
He rose to prominence in 2014 as part of the Gamergate idiocy, where he marshaled multitudes of young, neck-bearded virgins into attacking women for possessing the temerity to play video games and then opine on their relative merits. He also led a cutesy little movement on Twitter in which a lot of angry virgins attacked Leslie Jones for possessing the temerity of to be a woman, a black woman, and appear in a movie said angry virgins revered because it made them believe that ghosts could be busted and that schlubby dudes could ever get with someone as hot as Sigourney Weaver. That adventure resulted in Milo being banned for life from Twitter, a feat usually reserved only for people pretending to be major celebrities or national brands. I'm still privately convinced it wasn't really the hate that got him booted, but some sort of copyright infringement. That sounds about right. All right, let's talk about Milo. The 32-year-old British tech writer is a creature of social media. The kind of entity that can only exist in a world where personalities are famous because they are, quote, personalities, unquote. Prior to the advent of social media, people like him could only exist as a sort of social gadfly running in the kind of circles that boast low-rent Oscar Wilde's or Andy Warhol's. You know, outrageous and outspoken, but lacking any talent or the acumen to succeed at the level of Wilder Warhol. Once upon a time, they inhabited the cocktail circuits or the literati of places like New York, Paris, and London, feeling the social niche of a reprobate who was a ton of fun at a party, but if someone put a gun to their head, couldn't name a single person in the universe that actually liked them, including their parents. In the 21st century, with technology to assist them, the Milos of the world now possess a stage to spout their cultivated incendiary rhetoric on an international level. His particular brand of firebombing is called cultural libertarianism in the form of free speech. What the fuck does that even mean? It means he's a professional prick. In his case, I guess it also means saying mean and hateful things about women, minorities, liberals, and those he describes as social justice warriors. Anytime you hear someone say the words social justice warriors, you can just write them off as a complete and total dickbag. And God, is Mio Yiannopoulos one of those. So what makes him so, I don't know, I'll fucking say special for lack of a better word. I guess it's that Milo is an openly gay man, a flamboyantly gay man, the sort of guy who sucks off black guys and then tells you that blacks are genetically inferior, but better in bed. And I swear, I am not making that up. See the link in the show notes. His speaking tour is called the Dangerous Faggot Tour, where young Milo goes around the nation to tell college students that not only are women fucked up, but most of them are unfuckable to audiences of young men who women won't fuck because they're scumbag pieces of shit who think women should exist only to fuck them. Because he's kind of a dick, right? Right. Yiannopoulos is a darling of the neo-Nazi pud pullers over on Breitbart, where he is the tech columnist, who apparently only writes about tech in as much as it relates to new and exciting ways to be overtly racist and oppress women. I would like to tell you I read several of his columns as I was piecing this script together, but I did not. I am not a fan of projectile vomiting. Over the past few years, he's turned his peculiar brand of flamboyantly faggish hate into his own little media empire based entirely upon the lemming-like idiocy that fuels online outrage groups like Gamergate, the Sad Puppies, and of course Trump Trolls. He was even able to get himself named LBGTQ Nation Person of the Year for 2016 by gaming the online selection process. How horrifying is that for gay people around the world to see a man who would happily strip them of their rights being named Person of the Year? 
I guess almost as horrible as knowing that Mike Pence was number two in that poll. Here's why America's fucked, okay? And one of the biggest publishing houses in the United States just bought a book from him. Why? Well, the simplest explanation is there's a lot of really awful people in America who will buy it. Milo had some 300,000 followers on Twitter prior to his well-deserved eviction. Presumably, some of them have money, so there's a market. His work at Breitbart reaches millions of angry white men, some of whom must be able to read at a grade level sufficient to comprehend the book and have money, so there's a bigger market. And also, hours after it was announced, long before it's published and probably before it was even written, it was the number one bestseller on Amazon. There is a huge market for awful people writing books. This surprises liberals because we naturally assume that these people who adhere to a manifestly stupid political ideology must be incapable of reading books, not heavily annotated with crude drawings. Yet hate-mongering titles have been bestsellers in the publishing industry for decades. I remember owning a copy of both of Rush Limbaugh's bestsellers back in the 90s, a book with so many logical holes it could be used for straining pasta, but I owned them. I mean, noted Herod and Ann Coulter exist strictly because she writes tomes of blistering shit with no more intellectual merit than men's room graffiti. And she parlayed that into a series of increasingly unhinged political screeds into Fox News stardom in which angry white guys masturbate and come running to her words like cats to a can opener. Glenn Beck, a noted con artist and deranged lunatics, makes millions for Simon & Schuster whenever he squats over a blank page and voids his brain bowels. Milo is joining a long and storied pantheon of nasty, small-minded hate purveyors who mint money like a demented telemachine for the publishers. Make no mistake, this is not an ideological position for Simon & Schuster. Well, okay, maybe if your ideology is pure capitalism, but it doesn't necessarily reflect the political views. We're doing it for a shitload of money! There is, of course, a backlash to publishing Milo's little book of bullshit. The Chicago Review of Books has stated they will not review any Simon & Schuster title in 2017. No UK publishing house will touch Milo's turd with a 10-foot turd poking pole. The immediate and savage social media backlash, the calls for boycotts and pointless petitions of petulance pleading for pulping, have served to provide the best possible kind of media buzz for the book and its author. That's the trick here. These books sell themselves. There's no need for an ad blitz. Just let the material speak for itself and watch the totals rise. Shit! People will buy the book just to burn it. And if that's not the most demented thing I have ever heard of, I don't know what is. You have to understand how publishing makes money. Simon & Schuster publishes 2,000 titles in a year under 15 different imprints. And imprints are like subdivisions within the publishing house, specializing in a genre or niche. Think of them, I guess, the best way, like cable channels, like how CBS Viacom owns MTV, Nickelodeon, CMT, and BET. That's the same sort of thing. But the vast majority of those titles that Simon & Schuster will publish will actually lose money, while the big sellers pay for those and all the rest. 
50 Shades of Grey sold 60 million copies in 2012 alone, and that money spilled all over Penguin like a wine glass knocked over by a furiously masturbating soccer mom. Rest assured, Milo's book will spill all over Simon & Schuster like a Mountain Dew can knocked over by a furiously masturbating Milo neckbeard fanboy to hack photos of Jennifer Lawrence. Ew, seriously? That is so gross. But from a moral perspective, it's an abomination. Milo Yiannopoulos is an abhorrent human being who capitalizes on the worst impulses of other human beings. His only real talent is a canny eye for self-promotion and the the ability to bullshit ignorant people. I strongly suspect he has no real political agenda, no real agenda of any kind other than self-aggrandizement and filling his bank account. He couldn't give a fuck about free speech, libertarian politics, national security, or Donald fucking Trump. Doesn't matter because he's still selling hate as his product. And there is the moral rub for Simon and Schuster. At least with Coulter and Beck, the hate is glossed over, buried in a dog whistle. But Milo's army is as open and flaming as Milo himself. The campaign they launched against Leslie Jones at his inspiration was some of the most disgusting shit I've seen since junior high school and on the same intellectual level. Their deep and abiding love of shit-stirring, race-baiting, and sexism is genuinely damaging to their victims. And I'm still not sure if Brianna Wu feels safe at home alone. There's always been consequences to free speech, and the worst of them is that people like Milo get to enjoy the same benefits as someone like me. Though if you ask an ardent right-winger, they would probably call me many of the same names I labeled Yiannopoulos with, if, you know, they knew who the fuck I was. Face it, my barely triple-digit Twitter presence couldn't inspire the sort of online assault that Milo does. It can't even inspire an online retweet for some of my best jokes. RT, if you agree. It's natural for us to want to boycott the publisher and call for them to cancel the book deal, but that's not how this works. Milo gets to write his little book. It gets published, and it makes a shit ton of money for the publisher because free speech likes to drop turds into our intellectual punch bowls from time to time. And if it's inherently unfair that this festering cyst on the taint of the alt-right is a bestseller, it's only because it's America, and America is full of fucking terrible people who like to buy these kind of books. If the money from this awful book purchased by disgusting human beings who probably won't even read it and are only buying it to piss off liberals or to say they bought it, which is the equivalent of buying it to burn it just on the other side, somehow gets one great piece of literature published, allows the next American author to get their first book deal and start their career. If a book of poetry gets published that might languish in obscurity because Milo's book was never published, then that's a good deal. We've accomplished something and just think about how much it will piss off the Milo toads. Because not publishing the book will not silence the hate. It's still going to be there. It will be churning along on Breitbart, flowing on Twitter, bouncing around Facebook, and giving the, driving the engines of Fox News. And sure, you might successfully shame Shyman and Schuster into not publishing this book, but there'll be another Ann Coulter book that will come along sh- shortly, or another publisher will pick up Milo's. You don't silence hate by keeping it locked away. You make it go away by exposing it to sunlight. So let's get this book out there. Let people see what he's really thinking. Put the toads in the spotlight and then see how they go limp like a gamer gator's dick when their mom busts in their bedroom. Then go out and buy a really good book of poetry because that's how we win. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for this week's show. Damn, I cannot believe I pulled this out of my ass at the last minute. You can tell, right? It is 2017, and we are coming up on our 100th show in just a few short weeks. Hard to believe we're doing a show this dumb for that long, but as Arlo Guthrie says, that's America. We couldn't do it without you, dear listener, who commit yourself to sitting around listening to an angry drunk man protest protest the state of his existence. It's like a longer liberal Donald Trump tweet, really. If you would like to retweet this prolonged existential cry to others, you should rate and review the show. It's really the only way that people will know. You can reach us and find a much smaller version of this existential angst at the hell underscore podcast on Twitter or the show name on Facebook. Our email address is whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com or call our listener line at 347-687-9601. All of the shows are on SoundCloud and at the show name and the www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, our own little Milo producer Gavin, and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say, you don't tell us you don't know what Milo is when you're old enough to know better. When you see him in his tiny, sexy little sweater, when his shit show is a footnote, he's a man on a mission to write his hate in two or three editions. Because every day, every day, he writes the book. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>